When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, this is the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast, an iHeartRadio and Dan Patrick podcast network production. I'm Joey Santos. And I'm Alan Nevins. And this week we're talking about how to feed your soul in L.A. And not just with food, mind you, but leading a life of purpose and fulfillment. And joining the conversation this week is husband-wife duo and founders of Project Pop Drop and the Givefluencer Network, Nikki and John Snyder. These two have started something really wonderful. So let's grab a drink and dive in. So Joey, what is this cocktail of the week? Uh, The cocktail of this week is called the Pop Drop Punch. And I'll get into the ingredients uh, when our guests arrive. All right, but I love the way it looks and it's very refreshing. I based it on the Aperol Spritz, which, you know, when we go to Europe in the summer, I love. Mm -hmm. That's the drink I have during the day. I like this better, though, because that Aperol could be bitter. I add a little something or other to, to take this that away. This is really good, as you can see. Yes. I'll have to start a second drink when the guest gets here. <laughs> What'd you do this week? Because I was away. What did you do while yes, I was away? I, I relaxed a little bit. I uh, enjoyed home. I did some chores at home. I redid a few things out on my deck and, you know, getting some spring cleaning done, getting ready for the beautiful uh, weather and we just had the first day of spring, so I kind of just got everything ready to open up our life again. So you just kind of relaxed. I relaxed, yeah. All right. Yeah, well, it was a long time because Andrew was with us. I know. As you know, we went to Mammoth, and yeah. we've been looking forward to this for a long time, and timing was perfect because there, there was a snowstorm last week, so we were all excited to get there and have some new snow that was only four or five days old, and sure enough... We woke up on Wednesday morning and looked outside, and they said it was going to be windy and cloudy, and there was no wind, and there were no clouds, and Andrew and I jumped up and got ready to go, and we went skiing and left all my guests at home for the day. Then on the Thursday and Friday, they had snow in Mammoth, and everybody was loving it because we just stayed in, we watched TV, you know, made hot chocolates, watched it snow. And then on Saturday, we all went cross-country skiing, which I haven't done in many years. You know, Did I, Howard and Chad join you on that? Howard and Chad did not. Chad's got some knee problems they were concerned about. And I was like, well, join the crowd. We all have knee problems. Where yeah, we're really. going. But we had a great time, and we went up to the lakes. And it was kind of very moody and cloudy, but it was a lot of fun. And then, But we all did go bowling together. The Rock and Roll Bowl in Mammoth has one of the finest restaurants upstairs. And it's the craziest thing is you walk through the bowling alley and you go up the stairs and suddenly there's this incredible French restaurant, right? But so what it, you're having escargot and... Yeah. So while you're bowling, I, you can have escargot and you can have filet mignon and you can have <laughs> this incredible meal. So while we're down there bowling, we're all having these this incredible <laughs> food, which I love because then it doesn't feel sort of, you know, so hot doggy and, you know, it feels like you're kind of getting pizza. both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was a great week. Everybody had a lot of fun. We saw our friends, of course, Gary and Julie. It was a really relaxing, nice week. Yeah, I'm week sorry I didn't make it. I, I we had, had to, to, you I know, had to we work. worked during the day. Chad had to work. I had to work. 
And I, you know, I my guilty pleasure was that I took Wednesday off mm-hmm. and I went skiing. And that was my guilty pleasure as I blew off work for the for half a day, not the whole day, half a day. Well, that's that's an accomplishment for you, especially when it comes to work as you're Mr. Workaholic. What was your guilty pleasure this week? Um, I actually uh, had a dinner party with a couple of friends, about six people, and Suzanne DePass joined us for dinner, and she met Philip, and we talked about everything under the sun, which was great. And we felt really good because it was the first time in a long time we were all able to sit indoors at a table with dinner because we're all vaccinated. So it felt really good just to be able to relax, have a couple drinks and a delicious meal, and see what's going on in our lives. And so that was my guilty pleasure. Yeah, it's kind of feeling good that way, isn't it? Because everybody that was in Mammoth was all vaccinated too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you start to feel a little, a sense of normalcy and that you don't need to worry about anything. And Yeah. You know, everybody's still being cautious. Of course. Yeah, everyone's being cautious, but it's nice to have the vaccine and know, you know, it just gives you a little sense of less worry. I, I agree. Oh, I know what I wanted to tell you. So I know you and Philip did that interview for the It's a Sin side documentary. It was Correct. like a side yeah. piece. Mm-hmm. And last night I thought, you know what? I'm going to watch this show, It's a Sin, and see what this is all about. Completely different than I expected because— it takes place in England, doesn't it? It's England. It's specifically London during the AIDS crisis. Mm-hmm. And they follow these you know, various characters that have all come together. It's and, similar and, to Queer as Folk. It is similar, but it does remind you sort of of the time. It was a bunch of friends that came together, uh, you know, that met in bars and things. And then they start finding things out and, you know, people are starting to drop dead on them and they don't know why. And so it brought back a lot of memories. But it's a really well done show. And, you know, after I watched, I started looking up some information on it to see, you know, what people were saying. And, you know, they're talking about all sorts of accolades and awards. And it's, you know, it it may do— Really well in the Good. award season. It should. It's a timely piece, too. I mean, don't forget, it may have been 40 years ago, but it, a lot of the properties still still apply today. And, and I've said this before, still not cured, and we need to be responsible to it and um, educate each other. Tell me a little bit about our theme today, How to Feed Your Soul in L.A. Do you know what that's about? Well, it's a couple who have done some amazing things. And uh, it's very interesting how they, I believe their first, I mean, I'm sure they're going to, they'll tell us all about it, but their first date, they sort of planned their future right that day. And they've been together, what, 10 years and four kids later? It's very interesting. That Now, I call that a pretty good first date. Yeah. Did they have all four kids on the first date? Well, I call that a while. Loose, I lose and trashy first date. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll let them go into that part. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be over here. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they're... Well, they're explain uh, her way di- out of that one to her no, parents. No, but they're a very dynamic couple. Their whole focus in life is to give back, give and receive. Right. And uh, we can all learn a lot from, from them and their passion for what they're doing and for the world. And they're starting here in Los Angeles with this idea because we desperately need it with a homeless situation and, and people that are uh, struggling. And in this past year, it's just added to that already serious issue that we're dealing with here in Los Angeles. So, Well, it's important. And I think this year is an underline of what's needed in the world. Uh, as you know, I think that our media has driven Americans apart. They're feeding 
two separate bodies, different information. And rather than us coming together and doing great things, they're driving us apart for ratings and for money, and we're not getting anything done in this country. No, we're not. And we're resenting people that are trying to do it. And that, that's even that, – that's really scary that we can't even accept the generosity of other people. That's pretty frightening. That is pretty frightening. And it used to be – you know, you used to always think about your neighbors. I remember – you know, I was at the tail end, but I remember the Vietnam War – and you knew everybody, even though we lived in Los Angeles in the Valley at the time, you knew almost everybody on your block and you knew whose son hadn't come back from the war and you would send things over and you would make sure that they had food. You know, it was, it was not a good time because I remember my mother, you know, hanging up the phone a few times saying, oh, and telling my father on the side thinking we weren't listening, you know, so-and-so's son's not coming home from Vietnam. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember the neighbors getting together, and they brought food, and they did all that. I, I, I miss that feeling, and I think it's interesting. I was telling, talking to someone the other day, and I said, you, you know, the problem is that when you're you're born into society today, you only know how it is now. So today feels like a normal to you, and. 50 years from now, you're going to look back and go, oh, I wish it was like my childhood, right? But think about, well, what about your parents' childhood? Because now I'm sitting here going, oh, I wish it was like my childhood, right? If if your kids today could know what your childhood was like, they'd want to go back there rather than to this childhood. So we have a question this week, and it's for you. Okay. So, hmm. No, I'm not single. <laughs> well, Maybe. <laughs> I love when these questions come in. I know you you always get a little answer in your seat. Yeah, like, what are they going to ask me? Uh, and this one is for you, so get ready. So start start fidgeting. Okay. Um, how a, do a drink. you get an agent in L.A. for acting and for writing? Let me say, have a second drink to answer that one. <laughs> You're talking about a book writer or a screenwriter? It doesn't specify. I mean, the bottom line is you need to be you know, good at both, right? People gravitate towards talent. And we scour a lot of material. You know, we read through it. I'll give you a hint, though. People have sent us manuscripts. They've spent many, many hours, and in some cases, years, writing a book. And they will send it to us. And the cover letter is so bad, I never open the book. Yeah. I mean, if you can't write a letter to me that is in proper English and sounds interesting, why would I ever think that you could write a book? I don't have that kind of time to go, oh, now let me go read the book. First impressions matter. You can't have a second one, yeah. You know, acting's a little more difficult, and since I don't really represent actors in that sense, you know, with actors, they're, they're looking for something unique. They're looking for something that they can sell. Mm-hmm. It has to have marketability, yeah. You know, they're not looking for cookie cutters. They're not looking for you to, like, oh, I'm the next Kim Kardashian, or I'm the next... We're talking like, about acting. <laughs> It's You're right. Bad example. <laughs> She's acting. She's acting like uh, I won't say. We're talking um, about acting. They're looking for something unique. They're not looking for you to be an actor that's already out there. So you know, be yourself and be prepared. And listen, you know, you did acting. It's about work. It's it's skill. You can't just walk in the door thinking I'm going to be rich and famous. If that is your goal, then acting is probably not for you. Because you have to be able to act. Not that we haven't seen a lot of people on TV and in movies that can't act, and I won't name any of them. But um, (laughs) (laughs) 
You know, I don't think she's a very good actress, but she has other qualities that are quite appealing. And she's got a pair of legs like crazy. Then she should do pantyhose commercials. Yeah. You have to know what your asset is, and that's what you have to put forward. Yeah, and no matter what it is, yep. it's the acting or it's writing, you got to put the, your best foot forward. Yep. And with anything, it's the, what we said before, preparation and reading and learning. Your entire career, if you ever think you have it down, is when your last job is. Right. I had an assistant for a while. I'm trying to think back. I think she was a fill-in assistant. I only had her for about a month. Lauren Bacall, those who knew her, called her Betty, would call me quite often at that time. We were working on a book together. And one day the assistant said to me, who's Lauren Bacall? Oh, God. And this is an assistant who wanted to be in the movie industry. Mm -hmm. And I said, have you never heard of Bogart and Bacall? No. I said, how could you want to be in the movie industry and you don't know who Humphrey Bogart is or Lauren Bacall? How can you not go back and do a little history and a little studying for something that you're trying to prepare for. Because you're going to be up against people in Hollywood that run studios. They know all those movies. They've seen them a hundred times. They can recite the, you know, the words from the movie. And, and they know the lighting. They know who the director was. They know everything about it. These are the people you're going to be competing with to get your job that you want to do. Try having a calling to become a priest and go to the seminary and you go, Jesus who? <laughs> well, that was before my time. But it's no different than, I mean, you know, it's, uh, you don't know everything about Christ and religion and everything else. And you're going to, well, well, I don't need to know that part. What, what part. what other part is there? Right. Well, it's like going to a contractor and, you know, asking him, should, you know, do I use tile here or should we put concrete? And he says, I don't even know what tile is. <laughs> That's okay, not the next. contractor you yeah. would hire. No. Oh, Lord. <laughs> well, this is the world we live in, so. Well, there it'll be go. fun. It'll be fun. We will um, see what our guests have to say. Yeah, let's welcome them. Yeah, we'll be right back. And we're back. And in studio with us today, we have Nikki Shadro Snyder and her husband, John Snyder. They are the genius duo behind Project Pop Drop and the Givefluencer Network. Parents to four kids and recipients of the Presidential Volunteer Service Award, just to name a few things. Welcome to the show. Hey, Welcome. thanks for having us. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Each week, we have a cocktail that is inspired by our guest. And today, we have something that's really beautifully sort of pink-orange. What is this, Joey? Well, the base is uh, Aperol. So it's kind of, I based it off the Aperol spritz. So it's with Sauvignon Blanc, Aperol, uh, fresh lemon juice, and fresh grapefruit juice, and then a twist of uh, grapefruit rind for garnish. So it's served on the rocks and, oh, and then you add a little bit of club soda at the end for the fizz. So cheers. Welcome. Cheers. Wait, what is this called? Cheers. Before you all drink It's and get called drunk. the yes. Pop Drop Punch. Oh, yes. There we go. Cheers. 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 Yes. cheers. cheers. There we go. Cheers. I love the style. What is this around the edge, Joey? Pop rocks. I rim the glass in pop rocks. Oh. And that's um, just to give it that little, that annoying sound. That little snap. <laughs> yes. That little snappy, that poppy little thing snap, in your mouth. crackle, and pop rock. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's good. I know, right? Love it. I love an Aperol spritz anyway, so this is just my version of one. It's my first time. Really good. And how can we not love anything with a spritz, really? Yeah. I know. Exactly. So our guests today are... Perfect representatives for our theme on how to feed your soul in Los Angeles. 
as we know, we've gone through a really interesting time. A lot of people only thinking about themselves. This pandemic has been very interesting, watching sort of how people react to having to help their neighbors, to help themselves, to wear masks, or to be furious about wearing a mask. So uh, we thought this was a good subject for you guys. First, tell us about how you met, and then tell us how this idea came up of giving back to the community. Well, we went on our first date at Rock Sugar, which is closed because of the pandemic now. Pop Rock Sugar? <laughs> yeah, not to be exactly. mistaken with the Pop Rock. <laughs> right. And, and we started talking on our first date, and I, you know, I told her I have an office supply company, and you know, once a month uh, we're thinking about like you know giving back and doing something different than what everybody else is doing. And so she's like, "Well, it's you know, it's, what is it called?" I said, "There's no name." What do you, where do you guys, like, what's your system? I said, no, we just do it. We're gonna, you know, we're just going to go and, and that's it. And she's like, well, if you want it to expand and, like, get people to recognize it and get some awareness and get donations besides what you're bringing for the homeless, then you got to, like, step it up, you know. And so we stepped it up and created Project Pop Drop on our first date. And now wow. 10 years later... We've empowered thousands of people to give back with us, and now they're calling us givefluencers. We're like, what? I've heard of influencer, but okay, we'll be a givefluencer and influence others to give back by our actions and our, you know, rolling up our sleeves. You know, everybody has a great idea, but then they change the subject. The fact that you had a great idea and you created this really important um, business out of it and, and this charity, I mean, so to speak, and... You know, I mean, you can't ask for more than that. So. Well, there's a really strange thing in the office supply business. Like a lot of the big box retailers, they do this thing. When you sell ink and toner, it's kind of like we'll call it a gimmick where they, they'll, they'll put a big three-pound bag of chocolates in with the ink and toner and ship it off to the business. So I brought a guy on board. He was disgruntled. He mentioned that he had a lot of accounts from the same kind of company that I'm in, and he has a lot of friends. And I said, oh, let, let, tell me more. <laughs> you know, so... Uh, he comes and he has this great first day. I brought him on board. He goes, we have to buy M&Ms or chocolates for my clients. I go, what are you talking about? And I said, well, why do we do that? Why don't we just save that money and buy food for the homeless? And I just threw it out there. And that's part I kind of skipped at the beginning, but that's how it was born. And her and I started it at the Union Rescue Mission. And now it gets real interesting. So I told my mom the same story. And I'm telling her, you know, we started this cool thing. We're giving back and this and that. She wasn't responding, and I was on the computer while I was telling her, and I turn around, she's crying, and I'm like, why are you crying? She's like, well, my dad was homeless in that same Union Rescue Mission homeless shelter on Skid Row in downtown L.A., like in the 50s. Like, I never met him. He was like a drinker, and he left when she was, like, young and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what? We started something where your dad was, and we're doing, like, what we're doing? She's like, yeah. I said, well, I guess... We're doing some purpose uh, living now, so that's Full that's the, that's the back end story. Well, wow. let me roll back a second here because you had an idea on a first date. She was now telling you how to make the idea better. <laughs> you had a vertical idea on your first yeah. date. Usually, most people have an idea about horizontally <laughs> on their first date, and right. that's considered going well. well that was too. In the back of the way. <laughs> and it's totally normal to try to revamp your future husband's business on the first date. Yeah. Are you? Are we behind? Can we just talk about? 
women in the world that that's totally normal for and just go for that. Just saying. <laughs> that was my point, that you were already, okay, let me tell you how to fix this. Yes. Is that a personality trait of hers? Uh, yeah. <laughs> this, was a quote, this was a quote at the wedding in the vows. He goes, I knew you were the one when you tried to restructure my whole company on our first date. It turned me on then, but now 10 years later. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> He's not into me anymore. Let's just be honest. Tell me what to do. But the business yeah. is soaring, so yeah. what the hell? Business is great. <laughs> and the bills are paid. Boardroom is great. Bedroom, eh. Four kids, eh. I was going to say, I don't think it has anything to do with anything other than you have four kids. That could... That just yeah. take a few more sips of Joey's special, special mommy juice. True serum. <laughs> I'm actually... Knocking this one back. Today. I was going to say and yours is half really gone already. Yeah, I never really drink uh, on our podcast. I well, sip or two, and then. But I think when you heard they had four kids, you started to drink. I started yeah. drinking, and he offered to babysit. I don't know if anybody. I heard that. I did. So I love kids. I, think I love animals. That's I'm, why the drinking has begun. Yeah. Right. Because what he I doesn't it. know is it's going to be tonight. Yeah. <laughs> tonight is the night, Joey. Tonight's the night. Okay. I heard it loud and clear. I'll, I'll stand behind that. <laughs> but you had so tell us a little bit about that since we brought it up you had one child you had a daughter mm -hmm. and you decided you should have one more child two kids yes it's a reasonable family you know getting this daughter her name's chloe and she is very special and i think every parent thinks their kid is amazing and special like that's just a given but i swear since this kid came out she has been pure magic and Literally, the first day that she came out, she stood up. And no newborn, apparently, has ever done that in St. John's Hospital in Santa Monica. And wow. she, like, I mean, I don't know how she, I didn't even see it because, of course, I was, like, dealing with the postpartum. And he, of course, the woman goes through all the painful labor and everything, and he gets to see the hero moment. And he saw it, but I'm happy for him that he saw it. And he saw Chloe stand up. So ever since then, she's been... Such a remarkable kid, and we're like, how can we reproduce and make somebody as amazing as Chloe? <laughs> but uh, what we got was a little different, but still quite amazing. <laughs> and then we were going for one more sibling, which is what everybody's going for <laughs> when they try to add to their family. And then in the ultrasound, we got a surprise three-pack, so that was interesting. And wow. naturally, yeah, yes. naturally, you weren't taking anything. no. no. Or no, no one the, believes us. That's the best part. Oysters, something. <laughs> See, with the, the first one, the first one with Chloe, she got pregnant like a month after we got married, and yeah. then with the, when we decided to do one more, what we thought was one more, the first month it didn't work, and I was like, oh great, now her and her sisters are gonna be saying he's shooting blanks, and then and <laughs> he has to get a stick and do Fertility this, all these weirds. And I just like, and then I'm like, gosh, I guess I visualized it too much. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> but one month, you only went as it was. You only waited one month until yeah. after you were married. You dove in. You were yeah. gonna lock this up. No, I, I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> who's almost 35? This girl. I'm like, let's, it's go time. Where did this need or this desire to give back come from for you? You'd already had it in mind, obviously, when you met her. Was this something you'd always wanted to do? Or, you know, where did that come from? When I used to go to the Laker games with my dad, like back in the day, like when they were in Inglewood, I used to like notice homeless people on the side of the road, like living in a box. And my dad told me this years later, like didn't I didn't even know, like until we started doing this, he's like, you told me, he said, you said when I get older, I'm going to do something to help these people. And my dad told me, I, and I kind of remember saying it, but I, I don't 100% remember saying it. But So I guess, like, maybe that did something to me and, you know, just seeing that. And now it's, like, everywhere you look, you know, it's just... Well, the, the beauty of what you're doing is because we all experience this. I mean, 
I don't recognize Los Angeles growing up here. You know, mm-hmm. I don't recognize the homeless situation. I mean, I'm saying about Los Angeles because it's a daily thing for us. Mm-hmm. You know, how we see it growing and and how it's so out of control. And there, then there's an element of. I mean, there's a few emotions that come along, to be completely honest. There's frustration, there's mm-hmm. anger, and there's, there's sure. helplessness that we feel because how do you decipher or, or is there such a thing that you decipher who's in need and who isn't and who's taking advantage of a situation and who isn't? And, but I think, I think, and I'm just going to ask you this straight out, how did you get past those emotions or those thoughts or even those opinions selfishly that we carry? Very good question. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to kind of like look past it because like a lot of people have a lot of anger towards the homeless. Like they're laying in front of their business. They're laying in front of their home. You know, they have to uh, encampment here, homeless encampment. Like there's a lot of people that are very angry with them. But like I just think to myself, like the majority of them are mentally ill. So it's like they don't know what they're doing, you know, and it's like everyone is a step away from like something like that happening, you know, like you just never know, you know, so you just kind of... Especially in a world where so many are living from check to check, right. paycheck yes. to paycheck, right. and now with these things we're, we're yeah. doing. By you guys doing something like this, and we all can do our own part, and that's something we should learn from and exercise, but we should also have a government that takes on that responsibility too, and that's something else that we have to... Um, acknowledge and we have to force them to do such a thing, let them know that this is unacceptable and not just for our own discomfort, but what about the people that have to live this way? And nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves, especially in this country, to be hungry and to be cold and without having a place to, to live. Yeah. I would love to give a shout out right now to the Hollywood Food Coalition, who are dear friends and that we've been supporting for years because they have a program there. And you'll love this, Joey, especially. I think Alan will love this, too. But they actually pick up the food for from all the craft services for all the Hollywood productions. That's great. They take all the food because it's the best food. It's the food to the stars. And they take um, the food that isn't being eaten that is safe to take because, you know, you know, certain temperatures, yeah, you, can't. you can't for a while, mm-hmm. but certain items, it's okay. Certain items, it's okay to take and recycle, if I may, yeah. and bring to service the community that truly needs it. Yeah. So we have amazing partnerships with Project Pop Drop with people like the Hollywood Food Coalition that are finding solutions with what we have. We're not asking people to write checks. We're being resourceful for what's yeah. out there. You know, like I love when we empower other businesses to come with us. That's what gets me yes. excited because mm-hmm. it brings the pile of donations bigger. But like I would my ultimate goal. What if every business that's been in business for one year gave back every single month and bought a minimum of five hundred to a thousand dollars worth of food, which is nothing for a homeless shelter within 10 miles of their business. If every single business did that, that was in business for one year or more. The whole world would change in the U.S. and the homelessness. Just one thing like and that, and you get a tax credit, like or something. I don't know. Yeah. But it's more than just feeding them too. You understand? Yeah. I mean, no, so many others to rehabilitate because we've got to be able to rehabilitate that yeah. society. Yeah. So they feel like they can contribute. There's nothing worse, again, giving and receiving. But there's nothing worse than a human being feeling that they have nothing to give. Mm-hmm. Because once you feel you have nothing to share, nothing to give, then you're then all you're going to really do is take. I think people are inundated right now. That's why that traditional system, that's why we're trying to gravitate people towards our system that we came up with. We call our system the social responsibility system. We feel that every business owner can implement that into their business. 
we even came up with like a new word for it because we're everybody was asking us, what do you guys call this? And we said, we call it customer cause marketing. Because originally, remember when Tom Shoes came out with cause marketing, the one, one-to-one model, where you buy the shoes and then you give the shoes to a child that in need that needs shoes. Well, I think with everything great, it has to evolve. Yeah. And there was another company too that did it with the socks oh, for every uh, pair. Um, yes. and, and, and how many? What was it called? Bumba or something. Yeah, like yeah. And how many were? I'm don't. I mean, amazing amounts. I just heard about that two days yeah. ago. Now, mm-hmm. second time I've yeah, heard. Totally. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's a lot of companies that have followed that model, but I believe the evolution of that cause marketing is customer cause marketing, and that's what we do. We empower our customers that buy office supplies from us to be a part of the events. They actually put donation boxes in there places of business, they fill them up, mm-hmm. they get into teams, you know, with their businesses. If it's a hotel, they put it in their hotels. If it's a school, they'll put it in their school. Whoever the business is, they themselves are getting their hands dirty and doing the donations. And then we collect them and we bring them to a different homeless shelter on the last Saturday of every month. And that's mm-hmm. the social responsibility system. And it works because if that was implemented in you know, multiple businesses and there was real awareness for that, then think about the impact there. It's pretty incredible. So as far as the housing goes, what, what, what kind of thought have you given that? I mean, it's one thing to feed them. We've done sleeping bags and, and tents. and that's, that's not that's housing. A, and that, and, I, I know what you're talking about, Joey. But, I think- but now with... Of course, my wife, she set, she set it up so she could tell you about that. Has to say that. <laughs> has to say that. Um, second date. Second date. <laughs> yeah. You're getting a second date. You might be able to knock me up on the second date. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you're done. Yeah, no, we're totally done. We're totally done. So next week, we're doing a segment for NBC California Live with my friend Kimberly Caldwell, who I love. Okay. You'll know the name from American Idol if you're an Idol fan. She was really great on that. But now she's hosting a show called California Live, and they're going to cover us doing a check presentation to our dear friend Ken Kraft, who I believe is like one of the visionaries behind the homeless crisis in L.A. that's really making an impact. He created this initiative called the Tiny Home Village. Have you heard of it yet? No. Oh, no, you're right. Alex I have Trebek heard of was it. pushing it towards. Yes, I have heard of it. Yes. Okay, it's so where is it at? Cool. So he has two locations. One is North Hollywood. I think so, right? yeah. And North one Hollywood. is Van Nuys. Maybe. Van Nuys, yeah. yeah. And basically, what he's doing is he's creating, it's called Tiny House Village, and he's creating um, permanent housing for families. There's 64 square foot homes, yeah. which they will also have access to the shelter, three meals a day, showers, a laundry facility. There's even a dog run if they have pets. Like they're making it, you know, as close to home as they can to make it a home with also giving people these little spaces. So he did 64 units at the first location, and now he's doing like 127 units at the second location. He's working with the city to develop these tiny home villages. So, you know, we like to think that we're trying to be a part of the solution in some way. Project Pop Drop is going to be sponsoring two of the homes. When they started their bridge shelters, Project Pop Drop went from sponsoring a room to now we're actually sponsoring homes, you know? To, so, you know, are we, these are separate homes? Or yeah, they're separate. That's they're really separate cool. separate where, like, there's a key. You come in and out. Right. You can go to work. You can use the facility to shower and get the meals made. So, like, we're just – we're trying to roll with the leadership, you know? We're trying to roll with the people that are taking action and find ways, even if in some small way – 
You know, it's like the starfish story. You know, if you make a difference for the one starfish that's thrown in the sea, that's two families that we're ending homelessness for. So that's the goal to hopefully empower others. Everybody's life's purpose is giving. Correct. Whatever you give, you get back. Oh, I believe that 100%. And once people truly understand that, they can start to attract in everything they ever wanted. Yep. Because the law of attraction and why – this is Alan. You know that book was so big, The Secret, because everybody Absolutely. was so enamored with the law of attraction. But really, you know, the word that we kind of created and came up with, the Givefluencers, it's not – again, it's like the evolution of something good, which was the law of attraction, The Secret, because – with the word givefluencer, it's the universal truth. Mm-hmm. The universal truth that giving is receiving. Time for a refill. We'll be right back. By the way, you and I met during the Janice Dickinson Modeling Agency. I knew it. What? Yeah, because I, I was it. on the show with Janice from the first day. Oh, we yeah. know all the same people, I'm uh-huh. sure. Nikki, how did you meet Janice? I've been a contributing editor to a couple different publications like throughout my career. And at that particular time, I was the life and style editor for Brentwood Media Group. And we had a couple different titles, which were Brentwood Magazine, Malibu Magazine, uh, Beverly Hills Magazine. And then this particular title was Hollywood Hills Magazine, all under that Brentwood Media Group umbrella. And for Hollywood Hills Magazine, Janice was doing the cover. So they called me to come and approve the photos with the photographer. She didn't know me, and I was rolling up. We were at the Roosevelt Hotel on the roof. Iconic, right? Just picture the scene. Right. And I walk in, and Janice looks at me. She goes, who the hell are you? (laughs) In true Janice fashion. Uh, And this is how I replied. I said, nice to meet you. I said, I'm Nikki Shadro. Wasn't Snyder at the time. Sorry, John. (laughs) Um, But I said, I'm Nikki Shadro. And... I just want to let you know that I am the life and style editor of this publication. I'm the one that will be approving these images for your cover. So be nice. I said, nice to meet you. (laughs) And then she said, and I quote, okay, you could stay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That sounds like Janice. Yes. Uh And then everybody was like talking behind her back. They're like, oh, my God, all this stuff. And I go, I think there's something wrong with me. I said, because I like her and I want to be friends with her. Well, you know, there's an interesting thing going on here because you had that relationship. And there's an, another relationship here, which I discovered. We have a client named Julia Fowler. And she wrote on this new show called Country Comfort for Netflix. And this was created by your aunt. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. What a small world. I know, Because we've right? never met before, no, none of us. Met. And this is... And Janice and Julia. Yeah. yeah. Funny, yeah. huh? J&J. That's why you're That's two it. guys from Hollywood. I guess so. We're everywhere. You guys are everywhere. But we've been everywhere. <laughs> I like that about you. Yeah. We've been everywhere trying to stay home a little more. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm ready to go out now. I don't know about We're you. like having parents night out right now, so we'll go to an envelope opening if somebody will have us. <laughs> right. Okay? Just putting that out if there. If you could just get someone to take care of... Four um, kids. We have somebody. Hello, stage right. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> Joey. I'll, I'll give you. I met four that would keep them alive. Out. Yeah. Oh please. Are you kidding? They'll yeah. come home and they'll have routines. They'll have choreography. <laughs> yeah. I'll have those kids. It's totally fine. They're gonna watch every musical which they already have seen since they've been in the womb. With choreography, they yeah. will be like, "Mom, don't come home. We want to stay with Joey." <laughs> it's gonna be a. Jo- it's gonna be like a chorus line, and Joey's at the front. Oh yeah. <laughs> And you are now associated with a new TV show, yes? For OWN? Yes. We are collaborating with a TV show on Oprah's OWN Network called Give, 
okay. which is perfect because we call ourselves the Gifluencers, right? Right. And so it was a good fit. Gary Reeves is the creator of the show, and it's being hosted by Kevin Hart and Blair Underwood. Truly an amazing show. It was over at NBC, and then they moved over to Oprah's own network and found a home there. And it's so cool because... At the end of each episode, they're going to be presenting what the executive producer came up with called a pop drop moment. Like, I guess the anatomy of each episode would be that they feature two charities and they bring a celebrity ambassador to visit the two charities. And then they decide at the end of each episode who gets a check and for how much. They discuss it with a panel of experts and it's a win-win if you get any money when you're a nonprofit, being a nonprofit, I know that every dollar counts. Yeah. And it's just really cool, the concept of it. So think like a home makeover show, but philanthropy. <laughs> you know, wow, it's like right. a feel-good show where everybody, at the end of the day, the charities get awareness and they get money, which we all well, know Are you telling great. me that one of these charities goes home empty-handed? I don't think anybody's ever gone home empty-handed. Oh, okay. That would really I thought suck. it was one charity wins and one is oh like, thanks. But How awful would that be? You will no. continue to be homeless. No, I'm sorry <laughs> to the producers if that's season three, but that's not how it is on oh, season. Okay. Yeah, that's it's, it's wow. really well, congratulations. a beautiful show. Well, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. All right, where can people find you if they want to help or if they want to donate? Well, you can find us at our house 24-7 because we <laughs> right. can't go anywhere. Our kids don't I don't think you anything. want them all descending there unless, no. unless they're babysitters. You can also find us at Joey's house while he makes us dinner. <laughs> That's where you'll find the kids. Yeah. Be my <laughs> but you can actually find us, if you'd like, to be a part of the Project Pop Drop initiative and movement and the Givefluencer Network movement that we're creating here. You can find us at projectpopdrop.org. And you can follow us at Project Pop Drop. And my... Instagram, if anybody cares about seeing my kids 24-7 and occasional appearances, is um, Nikki Chandra Snyder, and John's is Mr. John David Snyder. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. What well, a thank great you very pleasure. Much. It was thank nice you seeing so you again. Much, it was great having you with us today. That was a lot of fun. And in the spirit of giving back, I think our audience should give back by spreading the word of where you can find us on social media. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Give, give, give. (laughs) Give our address, share our names, share our podcast with all your friends. It's about giving. We love reading your responses, and it helps us greatly. And please do not forget to follow us on social media. We'll be posting recipes, photos, and links from each episode just for you. And we are loving some of these questions coming in. And in fact, we're getting some very funny ones. We rejected one today because it was just a little too sexual. (laughs) But we love them, so keep it coming. And you can message us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or email your questions to contact at twoguysfromhollywood.com. We'll talk at you soon. Two Guys from Hollywood is hosted, created, and produced by Alan Nevins and Joey Santos. Produced by Lauren Boone. Editing and post-production by Nathan Moody. Music by Luca. Executive produced by Dan Patrick. It is also executive produced by Paul Anderson and Nick Pinella for Workhouse Media. This podcast is a production of Renaissance Literary and Talent and Dan Patrick Productions in association with Workhouse Media. Two Guys from Hollywood is a production of iHeartRadio and the Dan Patrick Podcast Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 